This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way, we bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 423. Of Cognitive Distance. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode, Cecil. Yeah. So, Tom, both of us watched on Netflix a a documentary series called Wild Wild Country. It's a six-part documentary about a group called the Rajneesh Puram. I think in my... Rajneesh Puram was the city. They were the Rajneeshi. Rajneeshi people. Rajneeshis. That's what it is. Yeah. So, Tom and I wanted to talk just a little bit about this. If you you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. It's a six-part documentary. And it's worth, it's certainly worth your time. It's, you know, like, like about seven hours worth of, worth of stuff, I think something like that. And, uh, and the interviews that they get, um, and the amount of tape, the one thing that really, really struck me was the amount of tape they had from back then doing all the stuff they did. And it's all this tape. And the other thing that struck me too, because because you, you just see constantly throughout this documentary all this tape that really you think it would be a lot more talking head you would have to see because yeah, you're wondering right. how are they getting all this B roll and there's just constant amounts of you get the chance to see a lot of this great B roll. But the other thing that really struck me too, and this is one of the thing one of the moments that I kind of wish my dad was still alive, is to ask him. I don't remember this. I know I was conscious back then. You know, this was was happening in like 85 in the, in the eighties. You know, I know I was like, you know, between, you know, I was between in, in 1980, I was, I was seven. And then, you know, you finish it out and you're almost 17. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a, there's a, for for the eighties, I and it's one of those moments. It's like the biggest news I never heard of Yeah, because Ted Koppel's talking about this. They have B-roll of Ted Koppel talking about oh, this it. This was national news. This was like a big yeah. thing that we just somehow missed. It. I totally missed yeah, it. Yeah, we I, missed something, it. And, and, and I wonder, too, if it was more regional than anything else, because this all this stuff happened in Oregon. And the the main plot of this entire series, and again, if it, it, it's worth your time to check out, um, but and if you have uh, if you have watched it, uh, we're going to sort of we're going to sort of pr- like give you a little bit of a, of a refresher. Basically, this group starts in India. There's a, uh, a there's a guy who's a guru, and he has an assistant who's his secretary. And they 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 have a a large following of Westerners yep. in India, and they make a a lot of money, a shit ton of money. And there's a bunch of them, and they never really talk about it early on. They kind of get kicked out of India. Actually, they yep. kind of get chased out of India for tax reasons and other things. And they come to the United States and they build a city in Oregon. They buy a giant piece of land and they build their own city. They right. just come out commune style, burn, build a city, 
They get into fights with the local community. They eventually take over the city council and um, and they they take over the entire structure of the city. They're right. they're you know at a certain point there's um, so almost almost armed conflicts that happen between them and the other group. Yeah, they shit start, gets wild. They arm like, themselves. Shit gets weird. Yeah. They arm themselves. Right. Um, and uh, and eventually. Uh, it really feels like power goes to a lot of people's heads. Right. And uh, cult is going to be a cult. Man, this was an interesting, this was a really interesting documentary. We were talking before this show. So I, I went through a whole range of thoughts um, on this as I watched it. In the first couple episodes, I got to tell you, like, I was like right in their camp. I really was pretty yeah. solidly like, leave me the fuck alone. You know, like, so, so I want to talk about the beginning of it because the beginning and the end are so different yeah. and the tone shifts absolutely so dramatically. Um, and so I thought that was interesting because in the beginning I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like right there with you. Sure. And I, I, you know, I'm not like heading off to fucking follow a guru anytime soon, but I can even say that I was sympathetic to sort of like how we get there. I want to talk about that a little bit too with you. So like these guys, you know, they, they leave India, they go to Oregon, they buy this garbage land in Oregon, which to everybody's like, everybody who says like, this is just uninhabitable, shitty garbage land. It was land not good land. They, yeah. The, the, nobody it was owned even by like a to, like, millionaire or something. Right. And they just bought a giant swath of it. Hundreds of acres, right. as I recall. It wasn't being used for farming. It wasn't being used for anything. It was just garbage land. And it was next to this nothing town called Antelope which had a population of like 90. Yeah. And that's not tiny, even an exaggeration. Tiny, tiny, it was like, a, it yeah. was like 90. The population is de minimis, you know? And like next door is like miles away, yeah. you know? So, and they, they show up and they start building. And like, I got to say like they, when they start building, like they're doing kind of incredible shit. They're yeah. like terraforming the fucking land. Absolutely. They, yeah. they create lakes where there were no lakes. They create farmland from desert. They create, you know, a sewage treatment facility and a post office and roads and, they build a city from scratch in a really short period of time with laborers that were part of this group that seemed joyfully happy to do it. They were just like, yeah, we like really like this. And that's the part I want to talk about a little bit too, is like, I watched this and I recognized how appealing this would have been to a young version of myself. Like when I was in college and just out of college, um, I remember being very, very distressed that I, I had this urge to do something that mattered. You know, I had this desire to do something that was meaningful with the yeah. rest of my life. Yeah. I was looking for it as part of what the college experience was sure. for me was to sure. say like, who am I and what do I want to do with this yeah. life that I have? And I can see how something like the Rajneesh Purim, that's the city that they built. I can see how that would feel like something. I can see how like being like, yeah, you know, like, we're going to get together. We're going to build community where community is difficult to come by. Um, and we're going to have this sense of like shared vision and we're going to build something from nothing. And, you know, like all of that would have appealed to me very, very much. And one of the frustrating things about this documentary is you don't know really why they love the Bhagwan. Bhagwan's the, big, the guru. That's a big, big part of it for me. Right. Is that they never tell you what he had to say that was right. so convincing to get all these people to follow him. And when he does talk, I just go, okay, okay, that's not that insightful. It's <laughs> he talks, he talks in these sort of like yeah. meaningless guru platitudes. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of it is, um, 
it sort of feels super hippy dippy where it's like the universe and like energy. And I'm just like, who gives a fuck? Right. You know, like, right. like I, there, there's nothing that I, that I, that was said in the documentary that made me feel like, well, this is somebody who I'd like to f- like check into. Right. But there is part of me that does want to see what he, what he did have to say, at least his overall philosophy, just to be like, what convinced 30 plus thousand people to follow this? Guy? I know. And like, it is frustrating. Cause like, like what, like the philosophy that when he did touch on some things, like there were some things he said that I was like, you know what? I kind of like that. He's not a turn the other cheek guy. Like he's not oh, a no, turn the yeah, other cheek no, guy. They, they get, they get, they grab guns. And yeah. Then, yeah right. But, and he's, he's guns, like, yeah, yeah, look, if, if people fuck with you, like don't tolerate that shit. Yeah. It's not all peace, love and harmony. No. Like he, and I kind of, I kind of liked that too. I was like, yeah, all right. I don't think that stuff is all that like that sort of like pacifistic peace, yeah, love sure, and harmony yeah. stuff. Like that doesn't resonate with yeah. me at all. Yeah. Um, and so there were parts of that like concept, right? That concept of like, hey, we live in a world where we've we're, we're much more isolated, I think, than we're sort of um, uh, as social animals sort of programmed to be. Like we live in these like nuclear family pods, and we're not really connected to a larger tribe or a larger community. Yeah, yeah. And I have felt personally, like I have felt the sense of isolation that's a part of that, you know? And there's a lot of different ways. We create a lot of different social tools to bridge that gap. Church does a great job of that. But if you're not into church, yeah. like there's not a lot of good alternatives for that. The military does a good job of that, you know, Facebook building community. Does that. <laughs> there are a lot of alternatives. <laughs> I think I think that is part of the appeal of so something yeah, like absolutely. Facebook, sure, right? Yeah. You know, you I think some people connected feel connected yeah, as a result of that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I you know, I get that that is a desire, like a, a basic human desire. And so I can see the appeal. Like I can see the appeal of like wanting to do something that matters. And so in the beginning of this documentary, I was like, yeah, you know, like it's not, it's not my religion, but I don't care. And it seems harmless. Yeah. Right. And it seems like they just want to like build something beautiful. I so like, yeah, I never had a problem with them building a city. Go either. build it. Like, go build it. Hey, hey. That's good. You're you're changing the land. You're making something worth something. Right. Go do it. Right. You know, great. Right. And then like the town fucking flips its shit. Yeah. So the town totally flips its shit. And you know, there there is like I think some some really aggressive xenophobia. Yeah, that's absolutely. a that's a part of this. Yeah. Like, and and you know, you could just sort of picture you know, John Rambo going, they drew first blood. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Like that's right. like a feeling there right. where they were the shitty ones first. Yes. The town was certainly very not receptive in any way yeah. for this large ass group to show up at, in their tiny community and turn it into their community. Right. They were not receptive to that at all. I don't know what it's like to be a homeowner in that situation. Right. I will say like, if you know, like when they, when they build up big places, even downtown, people get upset that something's moving. You know, they're going to block sure, my view yeah, and stuff. Right. So I understand their concept too. I do feel under. I do sort of feel. You know, the homeowner like you might be kind of pissed. You're like Jesus, the fucking now there's like a million people on the roads, and you know there's thirty thousand people moved. Yeah, it's not right. just a trickle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like so, I understand their frustrations, but they were shitty to them. They and really there's were. A difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between being frustrated and being shitty. Right. And the townspeople, like they, they, they ultimately, what they try to do is they try to use um, a bunch of different legal tactics and tools to shut the city down. And I think that's where everything yeah, turns, that's right? Where it turns. So, and, and they're, you know, they, they drew upon an interesting question. Like, so they, they create this huge community, Rajneeshpuram, 
And then there was, I remember there being a moment where it was like, there's actually a, there's a, a, a state versus religion issue that gets raised. Yeah. Like, can a city exist that is a religious city? Because then that city is governmental. And then you, can you have a government? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I remember thinking like, and that's the sort of the argument that they right, try to right. use to break the city. So the, the townspeople is saying, you know, they're engaging more powerful forces, senators, things along those lines to try to break the city, to try to get rid of it, to try to break the chart, the town charter, sure. to eliminate the city, to have the zoning rescinded, yeah, yeah. buildings torn down, et cetera, et cetera. And when that's all happening, I am a hundred percent on board with the Rajneeshis. I'm like, yeah, like, fuck that. Like you bought land, you want to use the land. You're not hurting anybody sure. yet, yet being the key sure, word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like that, that, church state argument is kind of a bullshit argument because we don't apply it to the Hasidic Jews. Don't we don't apply, apply it to the, the Mormons. Mormons. Yeah. The Mormons, especially, right. You know, you and the Hasidic Jew communities yeah. in New York that yeah. like control the schools yeah. control, like, so we yeah. selectively apply that only to the religions yeah. that we're more sure. comfortable with. Right. Sure. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm fucking right on board with these guys and I'd be pissed too. And then like, you know, people are being threatening. And so then the Rajneeshis start arming themselves. Yeah. They, there so there is definitely a, arms escalation portion of the program right. where there's people starting on one side, making sure that their guns are visible right. and they're, you know, carrying guns around and the other side's like, fuck that. I'm carrying some fucking guns around right. too. And they start training. The Rajneesh start actually like almost military training, right. shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, there was a part of me too, that was like, good. Because if we're going to be a gun culture, yeah, if you're going to, yeah. You know, if we're going to say like, and it's so funny to watch these guys and you know, like these are rural dudes out in Oregon, and they, you know, like you know, these are guys that because are they're wearing guys. fucking Ruger these hats. These are gun guys, right? These are gun. Guys. And then they're just like, wait a minute, they've got a bunch of guns, same and thing, it's like same thing happened with the Black Panthers, man. Right? I you know. know what I mean, like, well, it's, it, it, it's sort of like, well, the Second Amendment's for white people. That's exactly it, right? Yeah. And you got this. I got this really funny moment in like episode two Weird, or three. They're all white. The Rajneesh are by and large white, mostly white people. By and large, yeah, very white, mostly yeah. white people. But like. It's like, it's for white Christians that look like us, you know, like, yeah. and it's so funny because like all the guns that they buy, they never get them on any weapons charges. Yeah. All the guns that they buy are just guns you can buy. And then they're out in the middle of Oregon shooting. Like, turns go out, out in the middle of rural places yeah. and shoot. And it turns out when you have a gun culture like ours, which is like, you really don't need a lot to buy a gun. It's right. not hard for these people to buy guns. Right. Yeah. Lots of guns. So, yeah. so it's funny for me to like watch. It's like, yeah. well, well, but. We should have freedom of religion. It's like, well, what about this one? Yeah, well, I don't. Um, they wear a lot of red and kind of yeah, freak me out. Yeah, they're exactly. fucking in ways they're I don't like orange. them fucking right. Like, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, they got a lot of guns. It's like, well, you know, do we are isn't that kind of our thing yeah. here in America? Like to have a lot of guns and freedom to to go shoot them. So like when I'm watching the first couple of episodes, I was like, yeah, these are all the things we say we want. It's just that somebody we're uncomfortable with has it. And it's no different to me than a mega church. Sure. You know, sure. it's just uh, less you there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then shit gets weird. Yeah. yeah. Well then, then what happens is, is that the Rajneesh basically say, look, here's a deal. We're just going to vote everybody out and take over the city council and take over all these positions of power. Right. And then they build a, a, a post office and their post office, they're manning the post office because they're the people who run the right. stuff. And this is when it starts getting weird. They start, one of the guys in town finds out that they're reading mail. Yeah. He finds out that they're like breaking into people's mail and reading mail. And they're breaking and, into their own people's yeah, mail. Like yeah. when we were talking earlier, like I think that 
I didn't catch that when I watched it. Yeah. And I didn't react to it the same way you did. Because I think part of me probably glossed over it and was like, well, you're getting all these fucking bomb threats from the townspeople. The townspeople are trying to use all these crazy legal tactics to push you out. You should never read somebody's mail and evade their privacy. But I would have been slightly more sympathetic to that if they were reading the townspeople's mail, if there was some reason to think that it, they still shouldn't do yeah. it. They still 100% should not do it. But I can understand a, a sort of non-evil impetus to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was self-protective from an outside sure, force. Sure. And up until this point, I did feel very strongly like, man, they're just getting pushed around by bigots. Yeah. yeah. And it, it felt like that. And then it, the, the tone of the entire documentary starts to shift, shift at this yeah. point. And it really does show you the power of a cult and how much power they give to certain people and the power that those people have over the other people in that cult right. to get them to do things that you would not expect people to be willing to, to do. do. Yeah. And, uh, and one of them is because they want to vote out the entire town, they start busing in homeless people. They get in buses and they go down to, you know, other parts of the state and other states. Yeah. And they go to large urban centers and they bring a giant bus and like, we will feed you, house you, clothe you, turn you into, we'll basically let you in our commune. Right. Like, we will let you in our commune. And all these people that are homeless, like fucking three that hots sounds in a cot sounds right. awesome. So they head up. Well, um, can I pause real quick? Yeah. I was still very on board at that point. In fact, I was like, when they started going for the homeless people, I was, I was actually, I, I was not on board, but I was starting to be like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. What yeah. a great thing. You know, that's really showing your charity and wearing it on your sleeve. I was really impressed. I by was that. at that point, at that point, yeah. cause the, the, the mail thing didn't bother me the same way it did you. Cause I don't think I read it this. I didn't yeah. hear it the same way yeah. when you just like, when they're reading their internal mail, that's a control thing, yeah. right? That's like a, yeah. that that's a privacy and control issue. I felt like they were they were literally at being attacked from the outside. Yeah. And so I think I probably misread yeah. and misunderstood yeah. the mail thing. But the the homeless thing, it was strategic to get it more certainly people. It was. And I was pleased with that. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I mean, like, these other guys are using the letter of the law rather yeah. than the spirit of the sure. law to try to hurt this, mar to, to try to marginalize a group, to be the minority that rules over the yeah, majority, right, right? Right. And I I was like, yeah, fuck you. And then they're like, yeah, well, we'll get homeless people. And you know, a couple of things were interesting to me about that is that the documentary kept, and all the people in town, whenever they would talk about the homeless people, they said the street people. Yeah. And I like, I, I remember like yelling at the TV, like they're not street people anymore. Yeah. But you're so fucking like hung up on like how bad these sure, people are sure. that even when they're given a home yeah. and they're no longer homeless, they're no longer living on the street. You're still fucking calling them street people. Absolutely. Cause yeah. you, that these was, are like, awful. Yeah. these are garbage people and yeah. you don't love them and you don't respect them. And we're, we've and decided society wise, we're not going to fucking feed them. And they specifically said they weren't going to let them vote and they stopped them from voting. Right. right? They stopped I, those people from voting. Sound like awful. illegally. That's awful. I right. mean, yeah, the, 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 the city awful. The Rajneesh, also fucking repugnant when right. it came to the actual street people, right? To the homeless people. Eventually, yeah. It's crazy. And, 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 well, I think by their actions, they never cared about those I people. I agree with you. Right? Yes. By your actions in the end, right. you never cared about those yeah. people. I initially was very impressed thinking, right. wow, you have this commune, you have this surplus, this, this physical surplus of things. You want to help 
another whole group. And I was like, what an amazing thing. I was actually very impressed by yeah. the charity of it. And then, I, and then they start drugging these people because they were, a lot of these people were, when you're homeless, a lot of times what happens is, is the people who become homeless are people who can't get in our country anyway, access to it's access mental to, health it's services. access to mental health services. Right. That's the big thing. You walk down the street in Chicago, the people who are really homeless mostly congregate around the shelters right. because the shelters are giving them a cot, they're giving them a, a food all the time. You know, drive down by you know uh, on Canal Street by the Mission down there, um, and uh, and you will see you know a, a, just a line of homeless people waiting right. to get fed all the time. It's the people you see on the corners a lot of times are either the panhandlers or the people who are just not with it. Right. They don't know what's going on. They're screaming. They're talking to a window. They are not in any position to take care of themselves. Right. And they didn't discriminate on who they took with them. Right. right. So they did. There was no test for them to see whether or not this person was, you know, mentally capable, right. you know, they, and they didn't help any of those people. Right. So when they showed up, they didn't help them. What they did was they drugged them. They wound up taking because they, and they drugged yeah. all of them. Yeah. They put like Halidol on people's they beer. Put, they, everybody got one beer every day. Yeah. Well, they put the fucking drugs in their beer and they drugged these people. Yep. They turned it so they, that they were docile and would fall asleep and, and not, you know, and be just be drugged up. And then near the end, when they knew that the vote was going to work, they just kicked these people out of their group. Right. They're just like, you can't stay here. So they never, I think they never had any good intentions when it With came the to homeless, homeless people. people I know. At all. I know. It was awful. That, that part of it was like, that was so distressing. It's like, they, I understand that I was even okay if the charity was for strategic reasons, as long as the charity too. continued, would, it, it you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it didn't bother me at all. I was like, yeah, yeah all right. I was but with you. It I'm was like, yeah, never no. charitable. It you was, should, yeah. you should, you should use this to your advantage. If you can get people who will join your cause because, <clears throat> and, and it's purely selfish on their part just to try to stay alive and not live on a under in a fucking box under a fucking freeway. Right. And they don't give a fuck about your ideals, but they're going to at least follow the rules and live your yeah. life and maybe fucking swing a hammer once in a while just to get the food. Everybody I'm gets something out of that great. bargain, right? It doesn't. Yeah. Like, to me, I'm like, right. you know what? Everybody's fucking, everybody's winning. Right. The moment you start drugging those people. I know. I'm just like, you are the worst. I, you I, are the worst. Dude, I, I, I remember I was I was watching them and I'm like, I, I turned around, I'm like, they're putting drugs in their beer. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to ruin the beer. Yeah. <laughs> what if you can taste it? It's it That's was, a horrible was, thing to do to that beer. I was, I was blown away when they yeah. started doing that. I was just blown away. And then it gets weirder. It gets weirder because now the people on the top echelon of this entire group, they're fucking, they're like so crazy. They are choosing to, uh, to uh, try to silence people in the group. Yeah. Through murder? At one point, they're going to try to murder a, a state representative. That yeah, fails. That, that part I thought was weird because I may, and maybe I missed something, but like toward the end, they're like, we uncovered a plot that never happened to murder a state representative. Yeah. And like, I don't remember. Oh, is that where they hung out in the parking yeah, garage? Yeah. And they, they, oh, they talk about yeah. it. Yeah. They talk yeah, you're about right, it. You're right. You're right. I forgot for a second. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. If it never happened, yeah. then they have a conversation. Like, and those people who are on camera admit to, we had a plan to do it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, that one woman with the gray hair yeah. who's talking about like how she was taken by the cult and how it took her all the, at the end. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I, I woke up. It took me a long time. She's somebody who committed attempted murder, committed attempted murder in the end. And, yeah. Yeah. And like, She's the one when she talks very frankly, she's like, yeah, I, you know, I was waiting in that parking garage and we were buying these guns and like, 
the only reason we didn't kill that guy is because he didn't come out yeah. that day. Yeah. And like, she was going to do whatever they told her whatever. to do. Because there's another part. So there's a state representative who almost, who, who there's a plot. The they DA? never do was it. Yeah, DA? something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what he was, but he was, he was some sort of state official. Right. And they wanted to kill him. They wanted to murder him because they was, they figured that would have, figured out i mean not that that doesn't heap more problems on you i don't it doesn't make any sense but but they just figured this was the way to go they go after this guy they don't kill him nothing happens right he doesn't go to work that day or something and then they decide well well, you know what we're going to do we're going to poison the 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 city right with salmonella salmonella so they so they went at least to a couple of places and poisoned buffets right so they would salmonella poison buffets. Which was crazy because like they had a whole lab where they cultured the salmonella. Yeah, yeah. And then they would like hide the salmonella in their sleeves. like, yeah. And then just drop it on. Like squirt, squirt, squirt. Yeah. Or like yeah. fucking like a sleeve it's mister like a, of like fucking, fucking it's like a, raw a squirty chicken? rose or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was thinking like it's like it's like you got like a thing full of like that Purdue chicken yeah. juice that's in the <laughs> just bottom. Juice, it just drips out. Uh-huh. Oh, it's it's delicious. Like, shakety, shakety, yeah, shake, shake, yeah, shake. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. no, yeah. Cracking uh-huh. raw eggs in there or whatever they're doing. And it's and they had a whole lab, like you said, a whole trailer lab. Right. Full of all this stuff that is uncovered later that that's what they're trying to do. And then um, they start to get, uh, they're, they're, at this point, they're still making tons of money. They're making right. so much money. They have Rolls Royces they're driving around in. There's a huge... Um, like fucking Woodstock like party every year they have where right. they make a ton of money. And uh and then a couple people in the Hollywood industry start to get involved in in this cult. Oh as well. my God, do they shit money into and that they system? Just, just dump money into right. it. And the main guy, uh the what's his the name? Bhagwan. Bhagwan. Bhagwan, the Bhagwan. Sri Rajneesh or something like sure, that. Sure, that could be it. Sri Rajneesh. Yeah, yeah look at that. Bhagwan, Later they call him Osho. Bhag- yeah. That guy starts to talk to uh, these people from Hollywood and sort of push the secretary out, the secretary lady who was part of this, sort of push her out of the inner circle. Right. And she gets she's Fucking crazy. She, yeah, she gets nuts. Yeah. And so she has a faction. This Bhagwan has a faction. And it's all this cult craziness going on. And then they decide at one point, the, the secretary decides she's going to try to kill the husband of one of these people who's working with the Bhagwan, the guy who's their doctor. Right. And the reason why she wants to kill him is because she has his place tapped. She's listening to all right. the conversations. And one of the conversations that she hears is the Bhagwan saying, I, when I want to die, I want to take pills and basically just lethally inject right. myself right. and kill myself. And the doctor provided and the that doctor medicine. the doctor gives him yeah. the medicine and they think it's going to happen on a certain day. There's no proof as to whether or not that was actually going to happen. Right. And instead, what you have is a, a the woman, that same woman who you were talking about, the gray-haired woman, who's has this this moment where she says, "I was, you know, I was ready to kill for him," and she stabs this guy with a needle at one of their retreats or whatever, right, in the leg, and he gets sick. He doesn't die, but he yeah, they don't they, even say yeah. what he, she stabbed him with. And I was yeah. really curious, yeah. like what what fucking poison yeah. did she use something to like yeah. To get this yeah. guy, and, you know? And she got she got him, she stabbed him, and at that point, that's when the group splits. Right. Because um, they leave. So they Sheila, leave. the secretary. Sheila and the rest of their, yeah. their about, group, about 10 about or 15 10 or 12 or people, yeah. yeah. they They're like, yeah, we knew at that point, like, we can't stay here anymore. And so then they piece the fuck out and end yeah. up in Germany. That's yeah. where they end up. Yeah, and then the Bhagwan starts 
coming back. Cause it, this, like this guy is so weird. Like this is one of the things too, is like, you know, I know that a lot of people were saying like, oh my gosh, he says fucking, he's amazing. He's such a smart dude. He's like, he's the fucking embodiment of peace on earth. He's the most beautiful human being. You hear these people talk uh, and they just yeah. fawn all over him. And he, the stuff he says to, to the camera is garbage. Like it's not even worth listening to, but then he spends lots of his time in like vows of silence where he just doesn't speak for years that at a time. Blew me the fuck away. Like, and I, and they don't address it. Like, is he writing yeah. during this time? You know, how is, how is he, how is he doing anything other than walking around with a fucking beatific smile yeah. on his fucking Giant face with his hands clasped in front face. of him, yeah. <laughs> buying Rolexes and drive, being <laughs> driven around in Rolls Royces. Rolls Royces. Like, I'm not, if you're like, how are you a silent yeah. guru? Anybody yeah. cannot say that. Is he, is he, <laughs> everybody like, has the ability to not speak. Like, that. I heard that same message yeah. last night yeah. when I wasn't, yeah. when I was sleeping. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. When I, was, I said that when, when I, was, I was, yeah, when I was driving alone. Right. I was a very silent guru. I thought, <laughs> I just, it fucking yeah. blew my mind. It was nuts. It's not like, and it's funny because he's not a peaceful Guy, like the guy does not advocate peace, right? He's not like a peace at any cost um, uh, pacifist. Like he's very much not like that. And he's very much not a, because um, he says, you know, like if somebody harms us, we will yeah. harm them back. You and know, he like, certainly isn't a vow of poverty guy either. Right. And he's not a, you know, like let's be charitable to the world. Like he's like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's okay to, to work and yeah. to accumulate material possessions. So it's like, just weird. Fucking literally, how is any of that different than the regular social message? Yeah. Except for that, like, they had like a free love kind of thing going on. I think that was, yeah. But, but free love's a fucking old idea. Yeah, and free love you can do without all the weirdness. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can even do the weirdness if that's yeah. your jam. I mean, if that's your jam. You know, yeah. like whatever fucking yeah. gets you going. Well, it's I'm just saying, like, like the weirdness of like this guy being your guy. Like I he know. doesn't have to be your guy to do free love. Like you can do like Free love's okay. Go do it. Go fucking work Enjoy it out. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, but basically they're they're involved in these huge legal struggles at this point because the Bhagwan comes out of fucking silence, silence right? Yeah. He emerges from his fucking cocoon of quietude. His fucking flower, his lotus opens, <laughs> and he emerges and he's now quacking. Right. <laughs> now yeah. he's saying. It was all Sheila who tried to poison people. She tried to kill people. She tried. And he's basically just letting all these plots hang now. Now he's letting out all Which the stuff. Which is the dumbest fucking right. thing he could do. He's like, it's so funny because now he's a fucking, when Sheila leaves, that was like his right hand. And he felt, I think, very hurt and betrayed is a sense that you get from the yeah, documentary. Absolutely. And so he, he comes out of silence and he very stupidly goes on TV yeah. and like, like goes on radio. Like he's, he's telling everybody who will listen about all this illegal shit that Sheila did. And like the fucking prosecutor who they could never get these guys on anything. So like there were all these people who were trying to get the Rajneesh on anything they could. Yeah, they any were looking technicality they could possibly get. They were on. looking at immigration violations yep. that failed. They were looking at zoning that failed. They were looking at, they were trying everything they could. The immigration thing doesn't fail in the end. In the end it yeah. doesn't. Right. But like it did the first go yeah, round, absolutely. like the first go around yeah. they they had nothing. Yeah. So they're trying anything they can from a legal perspective to get these guys. And then this guy's going to show up on camera and be like, you wouldn't believe the shit that goes down here. Yeah. Whoa. And it's like, what the, like, part of me was like, are you, why are you so stupid? Like, you shouldn't be doing that shit. Yeah. You should don't. So please don't misunderstand. Like you should, but it's also like, you should have stayed 
shut up. Yeah. You like, should, how can you be that stupid? Yeah, don't be doing bad stuff, but when you're a bad person, don't be dumb. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> don't get a t-shirt printed. Like, you know, I robbed a bank and all I got out of it was this stupid t-shirt yeah, or whatever. Exactly, like, yeah. are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Yeah. These two bags of money and this stupid t-shirt. Right. <laughs> What the fucking hell? He's just, yeah. it's like, it's like his fucking high school girlfriend yeah. left him. And it, it, you could tell it's really one of those moments. That's really, you know, they're, they're both. It felt like they both probably really liked each other or respected each other. And then right. when they split up, now it's like, it's a breakup. Yeah, it's what a it was, was breakup. a really yeah. bad ultra public, yeah. well-financed yeah. <laughs> breakup. Messy, shitty breakup. It's like, and it's like, you're going to air all your dirty laundry, but it's like your dirty laundry includes murder, murder and town poisonings. Murder. Yeah. You know, like yeah. attempted murder. Attempted yes. Thank murder. you. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's awful. And then, and then at that point, this is when they start getting them on uh, immigration stuff because the immigration stuff, the, the shenanigans that they were pulling was, is they were basically arranging marriages of people who were not citizens to people who were citizens. Right. And they were arranging those marriages and telling people to get married. And when you do that, that's breaking the immigration policy. Right. right. And so um, it, it basically boils down to they're going to close in on the Raj niche. They're going to close in. They're getting the National Guard mobilized at a certain point. Fucking nuts. I mean, it was just crazy. And then the the Raj niche is just like that that fucking uh, that Bhagwan's just like I'm getting on a plane. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like he this part. Boards his fucking plane, this private jet in the middle of the night. They fly off. Everybody's like, they're gone. We got to catch them, and they're trying to catch them in all these different places. And it's too small a jet to leave the country. Right. It's too small a jet just to fly completely out of the country. And they, by the way, I just want to mention this is something I didn't mention earlier. They build the city with a runway. Yeah. So that's how they got, he gets out is because they have a runway. They at have the city full. They have yeah. like regular jet airplanes. Jet airplanes come. He takes a little Learjet yeah. and he's trying to get to Bermuda because yeah. they can't extradite out yeah. of Bermuda. But they, they catch him in South Carolina. Or yeah, Charlottesville yeah. is where they get yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And they, they get him down there. And, and I love I love it. Like when they get him, I'm sorry to interrupt. I love when they get him. And they're like, there's one moment where they're like, they recovered like. Two guns and you know fifty thousand dollars and his throne. His like, throne. like, do you remember that? They're like, they're like his big fucking his chair. chair. Like, yeah. it's this little tiny jet. Oh, and they're like, oh, bring my chair. I don't know how you're gonna get that in there. It's okay. Just strap it on the back. <laughs> like I've got some of those like strap there. cords. You know, oh, like the God. ratcheting. Yeah, the ratchety cords. Right. But they they catch him and then they start then they start bringing him back. And they they bring fuck him back. with him hard they, on the way they back. They do fuck with him hard. They bring him back nice and slow. Three weeks. Three weeks. Bouncing from him. prison yeah, to prison, getting strip yeah. search everywhere. Strip search everywhere he goes. They're sticking a fucking fist up his ass. <laughs> I kind of, I did kind of <laughs> think that was bullshit. Though. Yeah. Like, cause they, yeah. they're just charged this guy with, yeah. at this point, the charges for this guy are immigration, immigration related. Immigration related. Yeah. And they, they yeah. fuck with him. And the, and the DA even says, he's like, yeah, after three weeks of that treatment, he surrendered yeah. is what he said. Basically. Yeah. 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 Well, and then they leave now, then they pack up and leave. Then they close the entire encampment down. They close the whole city down and then they leave and then they go back to India. Right. Where they were from initially. Right. And that, that cult still stuck around for it's a still long around time. Now. Yeah. It's still a, it's still yeah. a functioning thing. You yeah. can go to, to wherever the fuck India and you can, you can hang out in their, in their Raj centers. Yeah. Stuff. You can hang out and be a yeah. Neo Centerician or whatever yeah. it is. Neo clandestine yeah. and Nistian. You know, a couple of things that, that struck me when, when the whole thing was over too, is like, there were some things that bothered me. So like I read an article not that long ago about like the solve rate for murders, you know, and it was like a, 
like geog- geographically, like where is the solve rate for murders particularly bad versus particularly good? And there are many areas of this country where the, the solve rate for a murder is 33% or less. And a lot of the article focused on the lack of resources and the lack of like community involvement about why these murders, where people get away with murder two thirds sure. of the time, yeah, yeah. right? And then you look at something like this and you think, like I had to think like, We've got an attempted murder, some immigration violations, and that is like the extent of the charges. And the amount of resources that we poured, millions of dollars federally sure. that we poured. They just try to poison a city too. Into doing that. Right. Yeah. No, I know, but they didn't charge him with that. Yeah. Like they never actually tied them to that in a way that had any proof. It was all suspected. I think that seems like it happened. I mean, they said that yeah. in the interviews after the fact, yeah, but the like, government yeah. didn't have anything right. on that. And it's like, when we are focused on something, there's no end of resources we will pour. They even into. mentioned this in the thing. Yeah. They're like, when the government wants you, they will, they get, will you. get you. They will get you. It just shows like, and I, that sounds conspiratorial and I don't want to sound like that. Right. I don't want to sound but it's borne out by the facts, but it is, it is, you know, I mean, like right. if the government wants to charge you with something, they'll figure out a way to do it. You know what I mean? Like that, that they have, they're the ones who control the entire deck. You know what right. I mean? Like they're the ones who make the decisions. We have to trust that they, the people in power aren't going to abuse this. Right. That's what we have to do. That's the trust we have with governmental institutions. Right. And I think, I don't know, but I think for the most part, that doesn't happen all the time. Right. It happens on occasion. But, you know, when you rile up enough people in this tiny right. little community, they will not stop with the resources. Which is crazy because, like, I was thinking about that compared to, like, Chicago. Like, a Chicago, the west side, is, yeah. you know, like, yeah. hundreds of people die every year. Hundreds versus one attempted murder. Sure. Hundreds of people are, are dying and we don't pour anywhere near the same because we're not riled up the same way. It's a much bigger community. It's so many more people affected. Sure. And like the amount of resources we're willing into, we're willing to pour into that is so much different, but we don't even solve 66% of the murders, you know? So most of the time you can kill with impunity on the West side, you know? And that's fucking crazy to think about like how, how the, the differences in terms of like how, who we value when they complain, when these like, Rural white people complain. Yeah. A hundred of them. There's only a hundred right, people right, in Antelope. Right. Right. They get to make, they make all this noise and the full force and weight of the government steps sure. in also because it's part of a religion we're scared of. Yeah. Right. They did some bad shit. Don't get well, me wrong. It, it, well, it happens with everything we're scared of. Look, it's what happens with, or, with, with immigration right now. Right. Right. Where, how much resources are we putting into the border down there right now? Right. Housing, you know, detaining all these people, how much resources before and after. I know. Right? When you put your mind to something, when the government puts its mind to something and starts to have a zero tolerance policy against it, yeah. they had a zero tolerance policy against the fucking Rajneesh, Rajneesh. and yeah. they had a zero tolerance uh-huh. policy against border immigrants. Yeah. Look at how shitty it gets for those people. It just, it makes me wonder, like, what if we had a zero tolerance policy toward the things that actually matter? Yeah. You know, toward, toward the things that, like, on a larger yeah. social scale, actually make a fucking yeah. difference if well, we paid attention the very, to it. It's, I mean, look, even just look at the media, though. You know, uh, somebody gets drive-by in Chicago. It'll be on the news for a couple of seconds. Some, you know, 12-year-old little girl, white girl, gets killed. Yeah. You know, it's John Benet Ramsey. Right. You know if, what I mean? If it's, like it's, if it's, it's a, a pretty it's, white yeah, girl. It's, it's, right. yeah, it's the. If a pretty white girl goes missing. Yeah. 
you know, it's, oh my God, it's going to be in the fucking tabloids exactly. for three years because exactly. we don't value everybody the same way, the same yeah, way. Exactly. And I, I watched this and at the, at the end, I was like, God, we spent how much money yeah. to do what to, exactly? Yeah, yeah. To put Sheila in jail for four years. Yeah. She got four and a half years for her attempted murder. Yeah. He got to go back to India. There's another woman. Got, another woman got, got a few got years. Got a few years. Yeah. Yeah. More years than Sheila, but yeah. And that's like it. Yeah. And it's like millions of dollars to do that. Sure. Because a hundred rural yeah. white dudes complain yeah. and you can have 10,000 urban black people complain and hundreds yeah. of them will get murdered every year. And we're going to, you know, we don't invest the same way emotionally sure. or financially sure. or otherwise. Yeah. What I, what I, what I walked away from with this is, um, I really felt like when I watched it, like, yep, that's a cult. Like, you know, you could just sort of see how, you know, the larger, hierarchy of that structure of that group and people um doing awful shit with impunity mm -hmm. because they they know they can get away with it in their small group and they're doing awful shit and hurting other people and that's just a cult like what, it's just a cult what was your sense of the self-awareness of the followers that were interviewed it's hard to tell because, you know, the B-roll showed him being real happy, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they got the B-roll from the Rajneesh, right? So, like, the Rajneesh provided their own B-roll or, you know, those, you know, the only people are taking, that are taking photos and taking video are of good times, right? You're not taking, like, a video of somebody screaming at somebody. Right. You're taking a video of, hey, it's our festival or, hey, it's our evening beer or, hey, we just built this, you know, this fucking house. Mm -hmm. And so... The, the feeling I got from them is that everybody seemed pretty content, right? And it and and whenever they interviewed people, they seemed pretty content. So you don't know, but what what you had, the the examples that I had, it felt like they felt pretty good. They felt yeah. like they were they were enjoying it and they liked what they were doing. So that's what I felt from them. But I don't, I mean, again, I don't think that there's much tape that's gonna bear out anything else. Do you think cults should be allowed to exist? That's an interesting question. Um I always feel like there should be some sort of independent investigation and in, into like large cults like that. I think there should be some sort of independent ability of some sort of group to at least pay attention to what's going on. You know what I mean? Like at least, you know, like, like, you know, you should be able to look at their books. You should be able to see what's going on in their community. You should be able to, um, so that there's no, you know, like, so that they're not fucking raping kids or they're not, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there should be some sort of independent something. Should we have an independent review of, of established religious organizations? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we've proven that the Catholics can't, can't, can't control well, that's, it. And that's kind of what I was thinking yeah. is like, we have, we have mountains of evidence that the established religious organizations like the Mormons and this specifically like yeah. the FLDS yeah, portion they of the do, Mormons, They do right? shitty stuff. That's a cult. Yeah. Like all day long, that's a cult. Yeah. And like, we're just like sort of tacitly okay with some yeah. of them. And like, it seems to me like the Hasidic Jew, like the, the, the ultra Orthodox Jewish communities that are yeah. ultra isolationist and what have you. Like, I can't see how that's different yeah. than any other cult. Sure, sure. And so I sort of like, I sort of feel, I feel conflicted about it because there's a part of me that's like, well, this is America. Yeah. This is what we've all agreed we want. Mm -hmm. And I sort of feel like, is this, first, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that all cults are necessarily going to devolve into this sort of like, yeah. you know, yeah. evil power structure. Sure. I don't know that they won't yeah. either. But I do think that like, we do a thing here where we, um, we get real nervous. And like when we get real nervous, we start acting squirrely around some of these organizations. 
And then I think that like that like that creates a kind of tension, social tension between the organizations. And I'm thinking too of like the thing that happened with the uh, Koresh and down in Waco. Yeah. And I don't know all the all the facts around that, so I I don't want to speak too in depth. But like I I do wonder if like these things just make us uncomfortable in ways that the established religious bodies that aren't any different and probably aren't any better. Do they make us just less uncomfortable because they're more familiar? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, when we talk about cults, we talk about, you know, the power that they have over those people. And you look at Jonestown, you know what I mean? Like you stop and you take a step back at Jonestown and you're just like, holy fucking shit. What a crazy group of Mm -hmm. people. For sure. And then you look at Heaven's Gate. You know, there's a group of people that are crazy and that kill themselves, you know, that are just like they're brainwashed and they're, you know, and so I feel like if you have a large group of people, it's probably easy for being in the Hasidic community to sweep rape under the rug. It's probably easy. I don't know if they do. I'm not saying they do. Right. But, but I I'm think there's a lot like, of news stories that seem I'm, to bear that out. But I'm We've, saying that it's probably pretty easy to right. do. Um, it's probably pretty easy to do the same thing with pedophilia. It's probably to do the same thing to do with, with domestic, domestic violence. Abuse, yeah. So, you know, but the you know I want I want people to have their freedom, but at the same time I don't want people to be hurt. I don't right. want people that don't want to there's be hurt that balance, to be hurt. right? Yeah. yeah, and there's a balance there, and um and so I understand I want people to have their privacy, but at the same time, if you have a group of people that you know I don't have anybody in my life that could tell me to drink Kool Aid, and I will. Right. But if there's a power structure in someone's life that can do that. There should be some sort of something there that might be the stopgap. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what the answer to that is, but I certainly feel like some sort of independent oversight is not a bad thing for religions where you do things under the control of someone else. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's yeah. Sort of how it's I just feel. an awkward. Yeah. I, I know the question doesn't have an answer. It just yeah. it, and it doesn't have a, an answer that I feel comfortable yeah. with. Right, like. Because there's I'm, a tension. There's a real tension between those two things. Right. I'm I'm very torn. Like, there's a part of me that's like, this is what we want. Like, there's a part of me that is still like really wonders, and there's no way to know, but it's my wonder if if all that crazy shit in the Rajneesh community would have happened if the people had just let them alone. Yeah. You know, like let them, but it's like we we get squirrely because we don't. Like, I don't know, were they a cult before or did they become, did they become a, a cult in response to having to sort of lock down and become more yeah. militaristic and sure. defend their borders and defend themselves from the, the town that was seeking actively to destroy and dismantle them? Like when you have forces that are doing that, I think it makes like responsively, yeah. it, it makes us circle our wagons. I don't care who we are. When our community is under attack, we circle our wagons and now we give more authority to our leadership because we're under attack. It's it, like we did the same thing after 9-11 with Bush. Sure. We, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. fuck. All right. Here's yeah. pass the Patriot Act. I don't know. What does it mean? We're not sure. Yeah. Fucking watch me take a poop. I don't care. You know, yeah. like we we, we all kind up, of we give up some of our freedom for security. So so it makes me wonder in this circumstance, if like the Raj Nish would have gone down that road had they not been. Pressure. It's possible. I I guess I don't know that. I guess the thing that I think of is the eventual attempted murder occurred because of a schism in their group, right? Not any outside force. It was the schism in their own group and power structures in their own group. So Mm -hmm. I wonder. I I, there's part of me that's like I don't know. I mean, the attempted murder, the worst thing that they did, maybe second worst. Maybe yeah, the poisoning is probably probably the worst. But the second worst thing they did 
I'm like, oh yeah, that was because of you guys. That wasn't because of anybody else. That right. was just because of you guys. Right. I just wonder like if, if someone like Sheila could have, if, if that amount of power would have been invested in the top, if they didn't yeah. need to look to a central point of authority. Yeah. It felt like she had, as, she had that power a lot really early on yeah. to me. At least that was my read. Although I don't know. I don't know what they're, you know, right. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like she like came into her own once they were attacked yeah. and everybody was like, what do we do? And this yeah. fucking dude sitting in sure. silence. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I got this. And yeah. she's like, went on the attack. Right. Um, but, you know, I just like, it makes me curious, like how we deal with cults. Like, what's the right way to deal with a cult? Like, yeah. and I know you have a libertarianist streak in you too. Um, and this is one of those issues where I feel like this is the bed we make. When, when we, we have, when we decide, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, don't put yourself in that position. Is the is the answer? Is the real answer is, don't ever let anybody get into a position where they say you drink this Kool Aid. Right. You don't ever get into that position. Well, and like, and a real libertarian would never get into that position because they wouldn't. I don't think that they would ever acquiesce to someone else's demands. Like, no, that. right. I, 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 you know what? What occurs to me too is like, is the answer to the cult to have better community? to build stronger communities that fill those needs in ways right. that are less. Yeah. Consuming. No, I think that's a good idea. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, and that's something that I do think I, that I wonder about a lot, like, and that I, like, I can tell you, like, I feel a personal lack of, and the religious have that locked down. They do. They do a nice job of it. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a whole, like that's a social void that I wonder if cults don't fill for some people that like is really, is the solution to that to fill that need, to fill that social gap? Yeah, yeah. I think, I, you know, the, the religious uh, have cor have a, a very big, deep community, right? right? And that community is built on the one thing that they all, you know, they all invest themselves in. Right. And so the community is built around common values. Right. And, uh, and that's important to a lot of people. And yeah. they find, you know, like you were saying, you know, maybe finding meaning in, in what they're doing. These people just find meaning in that because we're, you know, you're, you're now uh, surrounding yourself with people of common values. Right. And, uh, and so I understand, I, I do understand that. I get it. And I think, I think the answer to a lot of our social ills are better community. I do you know, too. I think a lot of the answer right. to a lot of our social ills. That's why I think like, you know, you look on the West side of Chicago and how they march over there and they try to get people to stop the gun violence and they try to create community centers and they try to create after school programs because they've seen time and time again that those things do decrease the gang violence. Right. They give people a sense of community that the gangs, they don't Cause, need. Because the, the gang gangs. is sort of a secular it's just, cult. It's basically a cult. It's right. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if, I, I wonder if they have yeah. that central leadership yeah. angle. I don't know enough yeah. about how gangs are organized yeah, I mean, I'm in sure, general. I'm sure that there's, you know, benefits, you know, they see the benefits, young kids see the benefits of being in a gang in the sense that they're probably going to make money and they're going to have influence. Safety and protection. And safety and too. protection. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they right. see as benefits of that. But I would say, check that out. Like it's a good series. Like it's a, it's a well done documentary. They clearly have a slant in that documentary. For sure. Yeah. Um, they show you the pieces that they want you to to emote about at that time. Uh -huh. yeah. um, but, uh, but it was a really interesting series to, uh, to see how, you know, I mean, really some very candid views of how that group reacted and interacted. Yeah. And I, I liked that they, at the end, one, one last, one last thought is at the end, um, you do get an interview with somebody who is still a true believer, the gentleman who's a lawyer, the lawyer. Yeah. And then you also get, uh, the final words of Sheila, yeah. who's kind of more mixed now. Yeah. And then you get the, the, the words of somebody who's like, that was a fucking cult. Yeah. And like, and it, I, I was 43 yeah. and I almost murdered somebody and things got weird. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I liked that. I yeah. liked that it, it, it did not shy away from all of those yeah. angles. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack is terrible. Yeah. I will say, Oh my God, it's one of the worst soundtracks in all of time. There were, there's a few times where the music is like, I remember, yeah, I remember bad. some of the music is really bad. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really bad. I remember there's a couple of times and I'm like, they're like singing one thing over and over and over again. And I kept like, just thinking to myself, I'm like, please don't say it again. Please. I know it was like the same word. The same. There was, there was a song in like episode five or six that goes on for, I think six hours. I was just it's like, still playing. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. So yeah. the music is not great. No, um, it's a great doc. But I will say that the, like I said earlier, the B roll in that is just, that's a treasure to yeah. have all that great B roll. Check it out though. If you get a chance. fun playing around with the wild wild country so uh we hope you guys enjoyed that it's a little different than what we normally do we don't do that sort of thing so we hope you enjoyed it It was an interesting series though you guys should check it out if you haven't watched it check it out yeah for sure um but that's gonna do it for this week it's a little short episode but uh but we thought it was worth uh worth recording worth putting out and uh, we didn't put it out as a full episode so it's just a thursday thing um so uh we hope you enjoyed it um and uh we're gonna leave you like we always do with the skeptics creed credulity is not a virtue it's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno babylon bullshit couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch late night info docutainment Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.